0: Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way vision is helping you look to God daily.
1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Some news this week, which I think you will find interesting. A Red Cross survey is confirming what Many of us will see in the headlines of the news where the laws of war are no longer being adhered to. A survey of 17,000 people across 16 countries has been published by the International Committee of the Red Cross this week. And they found that while most people still believe war should have rules, faith in the Geneva Conventions is fading and there is growing acceptance of torture and civilian casualties well dr phoebe win pope is director of the international humanitarian law at the australian red cross and dr phoebe win pope joining us now hello phoebe welcome along to 2020.
0: Thanks very much, Neil. Uh,
1: Phoebe, how significant is this survey? 17,000 people, it's a big sample across 16 countries. It gives you a good snapshot of what people really do think about the Geneva Conventions, about rules for war.
0: That's right. It's really helpful for us to try and understand what people are thinking. And we've surveyed people not only from conflict countries, but also from countries um, that the um, permanent five members of the UN Security Council, so France, Britain, China, Russia and the United States, as well as Switzerland. So we've surveyed those six non-conflict countries extensively and um, and then another a further 10 countries that are in um, situations of armed conflict. So it gives, it gives us a view of, of how the laws of war are viewed both from a peacetime context and from a war- wartime com- context if you like which is which is super interesting
1: now australia hasn't always been a part of these surveys so there's not as many comparisons to make with developments by way of the uh, the findings of the surveys uh, how do australians fare uh, when we compare ourselves with our responses uh, compared with these other nations that have participated
0: Right, so the, the, the questions that we asked Australians in particular were around, uh, torture and looking at whether people thought that it was okay to torture either an enemy soldier or an Australian soldier. And this is really interesting. We found that more than 50%, so more than the majority of people, 57%, think that to- captured, that the torture of captured soldiers should not be allowed under any circumstances. But what that also showed us was that Uh, 23% are undecided and 21% of the population thought that actually it was okay to torture a captured soldier. So we're quite alarmed by that. We're sort of feeling like that's a large number of people who are either uncertain about torture or accept that it's a part of war and it shouldn't be. It's not only wrong, but it's also illegal.
1: So we need to talk some more about all of these issues uh, in an effort to, I imagine, uh, massage the change that's necessary to have a right attitude to uh, the laws of war. One of the headlines I saw, Phoebe, is fighting in war is deteriorating into barbarism. Is that the way you see a lot of the conflicts around the world today? Is, Is that a reflection of of the idea of letting go of these virtuous laws of war?
0: Well, I think that what... I'm not too sure that I would go as far as to say that. I think that the wars that we see today are extraordinarily complex. They're not, you know, states lined up across the trenches in the way they have been in the past, but much more complex conflicts with multiple armed groups fighting against each other and against common enemies, and it becomes much more difficult to see where the laws are actually working. So what we don't see from the survey really, and what we don't see from the news reports that we get, is where somebody's not shot at a, at a specific target because it's too close to a hospital and they don't want to shoot the hospital or where somebody has withdrawn from an attack because there are too many civilians in a certain area or when a medical practitioner has been protected because they're looking after the sick or when a somebody who's detained or imprisoned and captured is looked after well and we don't see those stories. So I think it's very easy to lose faith in... Um, conflict, and what the research shows us is that the people who are living in conflict have more faith in the power of the laws to protect them than people in the western countries in um, the u s and Europe, and I think that that 's really fascinating because it 's whether the lived experience, if you like, is different to the the experience that we have through our television and through the news.
1: Phoebe, I imagine it's easier to picture a nation that goes to war wanting to adhere to the laws of war. But where you have the rise of ISIS and uh, Islamic groups in various places, not only Middle East but uh, throughout uh, some sections of Africa, uh, there appears to be a lack of ideal when it comes to the virtues of law. And I wonder whether you've got a comment. Is Is this the thing that has perhaps... Uh, given uh, rise to the changes in attitudes about torture and about uh, hospitals and all of these sorts of things?
0: Look, I think that there's a number of things that could have given rise to that. And I think that the level of extremism, um, which you know is, is, is not only Islamic, but a lot of other groups as well across different parts of the world, um, is is concerning. But from an Australian point of view some of the things that we sort of think might be contributing to the way people think about these things is that we we see an enormous amount of gruesome images and um, of the wars on our TV screens, in social media and newspapers, and very often some of that is very unfiltered and we're seeing really horrendous things. Globally, there's a discourse that is becoming much stronger around... Um, promoting fear and demonizing the other or the enemy in a way that is not as respectful of the enemy as the laws of war would like. Um, And also, I think we have such a huge popular culture, which is increasingly promoting a false sense that torture is kind of normal. You know, we, we have these extraordinarily violent video games and other things that show and and demonstrate torture and and cruelty in quite a um, an abstract kind of way, so you know we don 't really know why this trend is happening. It's happening across the globe, this global increasing acceptance of torture. But, you know, we can surmise that some of these things might be making a difference.
1: We're talking through some of the findings from a survey of 17,000 people in 16 countries published by the International Committee of the Red Cross. Our guest, Dr. Phoebe Wynne-Pope, is Director of International Humanitarian Law at Australian Red Cross. We're back to continue our conversation in just a short while. We're talking through some of the issues about our attitudes to the laws of war, attitudes to torture, That's been one of the findings from a survey of 17,000 people in 16 countries published by the International Committee of the Red Cross this week. Dr Phoebe Winpope pope is our guest. She's Director of International Humanitarian Law at the Australian Red Cross. Phoebe, as we talk about uh, war and torture... Uh, the Red Cross has a renewed effort to promote the virtues of the rules in warfare. Is that something you are trying to influence the public around the world, or is that more focused on people who are in control of military assets and, and who are uh, authorities when it comes to how they're conducting war?
0: Well, that, uh, that's a great question. We have a, a dual role, if you like, at the Red Cross, which is derived out of the Geneva Conventions, which is where the laws of war come from, um, to work with militaries and governments on what we call the integration and implementation of the law, so making sure that the laws of war are integrated into rules of engagement and standard operating procedures and all of those sorts of things, as well as in legislation and that those conventions are ratified and brought into domestic legislation. But we also have a job which is mandated through the conventions to disseminate the laws of war more generally and more publicly. And part of that was because when the Red Cross was originally conceived over 150 years ago, the idea was that there would be a, a Red Cross society in every country around the world that would be able to prepare its country for wartime and to be able to understand what the limits are in armed conflict to maintain some semblance of humanity at that time. And so Australian Red Cross has this dual role and we we work very closely with the government and the Australian Defence Force who are absolutely fantastic in their respect for the laws of war. Um, But we also do a lot of public education and dissemination and particularly to people who are going over to work in fragile states and conflict zones.
1: Uh, Certainly honour to the Red Cross for having such a high profile and, of course, the aspiration to uh, cause all of those things you're talking about uh, to come into effect. Uh, One of the big issues, I imagine, is with the movement of refugees at the present time and so many people thinking about solutions and how do you actually address those things, And where in your survey you've got two-thirds of those believe that people would be less likely to flee their countries if combatants better respected the laws of war. Is yes. this one of those things that actually provides potential solution for some of the refugee crises around the world, that if people are, are, adhere to the laws of war, people will be less inclined to want to flee their nation?
0: I think that that's absolutely right. I mean, if we if we think about the, the Second uh, World War, which was fought, in a different way to conflicts today but people pretty well stayed in place throughout the war and and that's happened in wars right through history where people have been able to continue to live and and have some sort of semblance of a normal life while a conflict is ongoing and the I I thought that was a really interesting finding in, in the survey because it really spoke to the fact that people don't flee because they think it's great to leave home. You know, they don't flee because they want to to go away and leave their families and get separated from their loved ones and live in a tent in some dreadful place on the border somewhere. I mean they, they do it as a last resort. It really is about survival. And if people feel that they can stay in their own home and survive, even if a war is raging around them, then that's what the vast majority will choose to do. But this is only possible when civilians aren't being attacked, when hospitals aren't being attacked. And so if you're pregnant and you want to have a baby, you still have a hospital to go to. So it's not only the people... Um, who are hurt by the war that have no access to medical care but just the general population then have no access Um, so schools shouldn't be attacked uh, heavily populated areas with civilians in them shouldn't be attacked. Wars shouldn't really be fought in in areas which are really densely populated by civilians because it becomes very very difficult to distinguish between a military target and a civilian um, and a civilian. And so, I you know I think it's very interesting that you drew that out of the survey because it is a really interesting figure. And if we can. Uh, manage to distinguish better between civilians and military objects and and military targets, then I think that we would see less movement out of conflict zones.
1: I suspect it draws into the limelight just how atrocious it is when human shields are used in various settings, whether they be hospitals or schools, as you're saying, because uh, all trust... Uh, for not only those who you might feel are defending you and those who are fighting against you is is gone. And uh, and one of the uh, dreadful things that happens uh, as a result of war. Phoebe, uh, tell me about the, the way that you hope attitudes might change to the Geneva Conventions. Uh, the proportion of people who think that the Geneva Convention makes no difference uh, has fallen. Uh, I think it's 52% down to 38% uh, and that's the australians uh, so people are not thinking it's very important is this because we don't talk about the geneva conventions enough
0: well i think there's that but i think it's also a part of seeing night after night after night possibly where they don't where they're not working so well so we see on the news and on television where a hospital has been struck or there's been a lot of civilian deaths or, you know, there might be a civilian um, party that's hit by accident. Or we, we see these things on the news a lot. And what we don't see is where, you know, the Red Cross has managed to cross the lines and talk talk their way across through all the warring parties to get aid to those that need it, where we see doctors and nurses working day in and day out in hospitals that aren't bombed and are able to maintain that protection. Or where, where the Red Cross, the International Committee of the Red Cross are able to go and visit people in detention to make sure that their conditions are okay and that they're being treated well and that they're not being tortured. And these sorts of areas where the law is working, we don't see it so much. So I think that the The bombardment, if you like, to use a a, a term from conflict, of media, of news, of social media, of YouTube clips, of all of these things that we see, which is so terrible, um, it gives us a picture that the laws aren't working. And I'm not convinced that that's the true picture, but it certainly is a picture that we receive
1: i guess all the more important then for ordinary citizens to keep the pressure on our authorities political leaders governments because if we don't have some sort of reflection on these geneva conventions the laws the virtuous laws of war uh, then there's less pressure on them to actually uh, proceed with the the accountability that comes Uh, from the people who would expect to have a high level of virtue with those laws of war. That's an important reason, I guess, uh, for all of us to be attentive to uh, all of these issues of international law.
0: I think absolutely, and in Australia I'm very pleased to say that the Australian Government and the Australian Defence Forces really are champions of these laws. They're very committed. they work very hard to promote them, they work with their partners and are, are really super champions of the laws what I would say is that that's no reason to be complacent because we want to demonstrate best practice and we want to go out into the world and say, this is how it's meant to work and this is what we're meant to all be doing and make sure that, you know, that that is a message that's spread. And as a good global citizen, I think that there's a real role that Australia can play because we do do so well um, in in... Spreading the word globally and in enhancing respect for the laws, um, and and making sure that they're promoted, and you know, you asked before what what we really would like you, people people to think about this. Well, one of the things that I would I I think would be fantastic is if in you know we could ask the question about is torture okay, and 100% of Australians said no, it's never okay. It's just never okay. It's both wrong, it's illegal, and it's never okay.
1: Okay, so there's a black and white approach uh, that perhaps needs to be adjusted in every mind when it comes to these issues of torture. Dr. Phoebe Wynne-Pope is our guest. She is Director of International Humanitarian Law at the Australian Red Cross and you might like to have a look at some of the results of the survey. I mentioned a survey of 17,000 people across 16 countries or you can access some detail at the Red Cross website. It's redcross.org.au. That's redcross.org.au. Dr. Phoebe Wynne-Pope, thanks so much for taking time to talk to us today on 2020.